This is Miller's Edge on Tide 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Winter Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. doing well here on a Wednesday. We call it the hump day. We call it the rush around the SEC day. Supposed to be talking about some basketball, maybe some football as well. Hope you're doing good. We halfway through the work week and we're going to keep things rolling right here on the Miller's Edge right on the tide 100.9 12.30 a.m. WTBC. Don't forget to download that free app tie 100.9. It's absolutely free. And uh, you can send your thoughts, comments, questions right there. Roll Tide to you, Sam, on our YouTube. Extra good to see you each and every single day. God bless you. Uh, don't forget to join. You uh, sit in the office, you want to see us, see our pretty smiles and pretty faces. You can do that on our YouTube Extra. We stream it live right here on the YouTube app. And... Um, Love for you to get there in that conversation. Always some great conversation, folks that listen to our show on YouTube. We appreciate you as well. Here's the number, 205-342-9904. That's what you do. We want to call in and get on, get in line, on the line. Give that number a call. Or you can, uh, like I said, hit us up on Tide 100.9 as well. So we've got numerous avenues for you to, to join and be a part of the show. Christian Miller in Tuscaloosa, and today the extraordinaire Justin Jones is on the, the on the uh, mic. He's on the what do you call it? The board. He's doing his thing. He's not working out today, but I'm sure he still has his uh, oversized sweatshirt and slides on as he produces the show. Justin, what's up, man? Look, you're you're right about one of the things. I definitely have my sweatshirt and my slides on, but the gym That's is just pushed things. back a little bit later. We're still going. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two out of three. That's 67%, 66.7. Look at you with the math. I mean, because you know you wow. got your slides on. It's pretty good. Listen, man. That's pretty I'm good. That's pretty smart. good math. Are you? Despite what people talk about, <laughs> dumb jocks. I'm very – I was a scholar athlete, by the way. They need to give some money to scholar athletes too. You know, we talk. We'll talk about the NIL. I know you, you want to get into some of that and the potential changes and all that good stuff. But 
they should give money to guys that's getting they're getting it done in the classroom. Like I was two years scholar athlete. We had a little wall. We had a scholar athlete. So I made it two years in a row. Then I took a vacation. <laughs> were you doing? Were you were you the scholar athlete, or was somebody else doing the work for you? Man, please, I did my own work. I'm just making sure. I mean, I, look, some people. They they have you know lady yeah, friends. Somebody would have did it for me. I, if I had, I mean, I ain't even gonna lie. Like your mom and I had one or two sociology classes together. Um, she kind of did all the prep work. I ain't gonna lie about that. I've been that lying about it. But um, but I took the test and just passed it with flying colors, sir. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's all about. You know, as Nick Saban would say, keep the main thing. The main, the main thing. thing. I think they actually do something kind of like what you're describing now. I don't know if it's actually them receiving incentives for their grades versus I know they, at least I know Alabama has in the past deducted for guys missing class or I don't know if it's necessarily failing, but I do know they have used some of that NIL money to deduct from these guys and uh, almost kind of, I guess I hate to say like punish them. You know what I mean? Like that was one of the, the forms of disciplinary action now that there's NIL was taking money away from. I thought that's kind of smart. I mean, you know, in the NFL you get fined, right? If you're late for a meeting in the NFL, you get fined yeah. a couple thousand dollars. And so I think that's one way to get guys to go to class. Now I, I do agree. I think an incentive for like grade, you know what I mean? You get an A on the test, a hundred dollar bonus, stuff like that, it'd be kind of yeah. cool. Make guys want to, you know, work a little bit harder in the classroom. Not that they aren't already, but no doubt. I mean, give it's called incentives, right? It's yeah. called incentives. You give uh, these young kids incentives to make money, not just off the course with the name, image, and likeness, but you give them incentive even in the classroom. You know, if you stay up above 3.0, you know, hey, sh shoot them some cheese. Give them some money. All right, during this show, I do want to talk about here in this first segment, how about them Gamecocks? How about <laughs> the South Carolina men's basketball team getting it done on the road? You know how they sang that song, Good Old Rocky Time? Woo! Why do you always yeah, roll the R? I, I like mean, like Rocky like Time. Spanish. Well, I, you know, I got a little Spanish in me, but, you oh, know, really? I just give it, a little, give it a little shine by saying, Rocky Top, but South Carolina, Lamont Paris, the Gamecock men's basketball team, went in <laughs> last night on that hill in Rocky Top in Knoxville, ranked top 10. I mean, the top 25 just came out. No South Carolina, still on the outside looking in. And what did they do? They went to Rocky Top on the road, backs against the wall, a top 10 team, and get the dub over Tennessee. Now, I don't know who's doing the top 25, but here's a message for you. You're ignorant, you're dumb, and you're stupid if you haven't watched South Carolina men's basketball play. And if you don't think they're a top 25 team, then something's wrong with you. All right? They beat... Kentucky at home. Not just beat Kentucky, but they blasted Kentucky. I believe it was by 17. And yes, there was a, a, a court storming. Then they went on the road and got another top 10 win. So you're talking about two top 10 wins in one week. So whoever's doing that poll, you got issues. You're not very smart and or you don't watch college basketball because these dudes play some defense. They get after you. And by the way, they make shots. I mean, critical times in that game, especially in the fourth quarter, they knock down threes. Even without their leading score, score, Michi not really playing his best offensively the last couple of ball games. 
but he is cool. I love his humility. He stays in the game. He doesn't get frustrated. He dribble drive, penetrate, dishes out, boom, three-point play. Listen, Lamont Paris, our head coach, second year in the program, was at UT Chattanooga. People were complaining. People were talking about, hey, you know, why y'all are hiring this guy? You know, they, they threw out the guy from Arizona. Everybody looked for the big name. And we make equate this to Kalen DeBoer, now the head coach of, of uh, Alabama. But I told my good friend of mine who works with the team, Kerry Rich, who's a, a special assistant to the coach, head coach, that this guy could coach. And boy, is he proving it this year. Now, everybody's on the train now because they see the train is moving. 18 and 3, man, coach of the year in the SEC, potentially coach of the year nationally. And, um, and if I'm Ray Tanner, the athletics director of South Carolina, I was speaking to a company yesterday, and I believe this, you have to be a forward-thinking person. And if I'm Ray Tanner, I know that Blue Bloods, there's going to be job openings available. And I can tell you right now that Lamont Parrish, the head coach of South Carolina, is going to be a name that's going to be in the minds and the hearts of people saying, hey, Let's pay this man because he can coach. Let's give him some more talent. We got more money. We can do more things. We can give him better players, right? So you know that's going to happen because right now, Lamont Perez is the lowest man on the totem pole in the SEC. But he beat probably the highest paid coach in John Calipari. He was probably a top two, three coach, paid coach in the conference, went on the road to Tennessee and got it done. So kudos to South Carolina Gamecocks men's basketball team. And if you don't think they're a top 25 team, you sick or dead. That's the bottom line. And because these dudes play some defense. I know Alabama, we are Alabama station, but we broadcast all over. People listen to all over. The, the first half of that game, their defense was lights out against Alabama. And they got a run and they start balling out and got the dub over South Carolina. But this is a team. If healthy, stay healthy, continue to win games, continue to get to the tournament. I think they might be a projected six seed now in the NCAA tournament. That's phenomenal. Now you got to keep doing it. You know, because it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately league in sports. You know that, right? So you got to keep things going. But I like Lamont Paris. I like the University of South Carolina's men's basketball team. And let me finish with this, Christian. I'll turn it to you. Who's better? What basketball program in the country is better than the University of South Carolina? We're number one in women's basketball. We should be ranked in the top 25, like 15, 16, in my opinion, in men's basketball. We've got, I mean, we took care of LSU, who lost again, by the way, Mississippi State, I believe. Women's basketball. Donald State is doing her thing. Lost every starter off that. It's unheard of. Lost every starter. Returns no starters this year. And what are they? Number one in the country and undefeated. Let's just be real about that. you got to give love where love is warranted. This is a bad, South Carolina is a basketball school. <laughs> We're basketballs too. Watch out. I'm telling you right now, these two programs, these two coaches, and how about this? Is there, is there um, a, a team in the country besides HBCU that has Division One? Christian that has two African-American coaches, women's basketball, men's basketball, doing the things they're doing. Shout out to Ray Tanner and, and folks at South Carolina. I think that's, I mean, that's pretty special.
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really look at color when I look at hirings, but I mean, I'm sure you could look it up. Um, that's all good. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I heard what you said. I'm, I'm you know, happy for him. Don't, don't start hating. Don't start hating. I'm not hating. I'm just, look, as an Alabama guy, all I can think of when I hear South Carolina men's basketball is I'm coming to Tuscaloosa and Coleman Coliseum getting beat down 74-47. So that might be part of the reason why they're not ranked in top 25. Who has better guess. wins? They, Alabama don't have better wins than South Carolina basketball. They got a big win over Auburn. I love NATO. I know I'm a NATO's fan. No, I know. I mean, no, look, look. I'm, look, you can have the basketball. I, I would care more about football. I, I'm just saying, like, kudos See, there to you them. go. That's what you, you no, saw no. these folks up at Clemson. It, it's not now saying. All of a sudden, they don't care about any other sport but football. No, no. You know, I, I, mean? I, like, I, I support I our basketball team. And, and, you know, look, I'm just telling you. I'm not, I mean, look, they're ranked, they're not ranked. I don't, it don't, the, all that really matters in college basketball is, you know, what you do in March, right? Getting getting into the tournament, then what you do from there. I mean, if we're being honest with you. So I'm sure the way they're playing, if they keep playing that way, they'll, they'll get their bid and they'll play in the tournament. We'll see what they do from there. I'm just, I, look, just you're, like. Look, you're, like you're, not, not, see, this is negative. When no, people no, how is it? Oh, so, so now, now you know negative. how. Now you, <laughs> now you know how, now you know how, how it sounds <laughs> when somebody. Kind of, you know, you're the one that's negative. I'm not being negative. I'm just like, what, what, do, you, what do you call it? You call it being real. Light them up. You're not, too. Light them up. Nope. Negative. Nope. That's not negative. That's negative. Be, that's, did, did we not beat y'all 74 47? Yeah, I talked about that. First and, half. And, and you could do all these great things now, but say you lost three, four, five games in a row and you don't get a bid to March. Does any of that good stuff you didn't matter? So everything I'm saying is fact. Just like you like to say, you like keeping it real. That's all I'm doing. I'm just oh, that's real talk. I'm keeping it Y'all, real. I mean, Alabama beat them down. They they had a horrible second half. No, we and we but, still Alabama. But they, they just turned, but they about turned things around and they've had bro two top ten wins in, for, in a week. You no, that's give huge. No, I I do give them credit. Yeah, I, like I mean, I said, but, I mean, but you take away by the buck. Alabama beat them. See, that's taken away from them. Oh, so so what, what do you call it? What you do every time we try to say something good about, you know, the hiring? But y'all are hypothetically blood. talking about when a coach is going to be this, we ain't done something. <laughs> this is factual. This is evidence. It's in the books. These two top ten wins, they're in the books. No, well, he was awarded coach of the year, and you go, well, but. Well, the Pac-12, but. But what has he done in the <laughs> SEC? See, see, see. But he ain't done nothing in the <laughs> SEC yet. No, not yet. I agree. He's definitely got to prove himself. No, I know. I'm just, I look himself. like I said, just like you'd like to give us a hard time. I got to give you a hard time because it's it's crazy how when in <laughs> South Carolina you come in here glazing the, the all the coaches, the program, like y'all just want a championship, but you, with other stuff, oh, I got to keep it real. So just keep it real. We beat y'all I down. Mean, when Sam, you came to Sam was on here early. Sam says shout out to the University of South Carolina for that victory over Tennessee balls last night. And, you, and, and we as Alabama fans, we hate Tennessee, so you should be ecstatic no, I, about I know. how they. I'm with y'all. I mean, but if everybody if was talking if about Tennessee, with a, well, then if you want to talk about that? They that same team that beat Alabama like they stole some some um, Doritos from the local <laughs> gas station around the corner from your house. Yeah, they did. So we no, they did. Right, that's that's basketball for you, yeah. though. You know what I mean? Basketball, you can you, you can lose oh, on yeah. any given day. I mean, you see good programs go down all the time. So that's why I said March. We'll see when March comes. March is when it, you know when it really gets real with basketball. We gotta hit a break and come back. We'd love to hear from you. What do you think about the South Carolina win? Is Lamont Paris the new new dude on the block, the new kid on the block in the SEC for men's basketball? What do you rank him compared to Nate Oates? Those two programs are pretty good programs. One thing South Carolina does play defense. Alabama leads their defense somewhere in Tuscaloosa, probably down there off. Uh, 
by the Stelman College. <laughs> Stillman. Because, because they don't play no defense. Hey, real, real quick, you mentioned ranking coaches. That's a great segue. They came out with the with the ranking. Now, again, I don't know whose ranking this is, but On3 posted it. This is all for fun, so I definitely want to talk about it and get everybody's thoughts on this. Let me put this in y'all's ear. They came out with the top 10 college football head coaches. Kirby Smart was number one. Number ding, two. Ding, ding. Yeah, right. I think everybody knew that. Number two, mm-hmm. Brian Kelly. And then I'll save three and four mm-hmm. for when we come back. But take a take a guess who you might think would be in that three spot. We'll talk Lane about that Kiffin. when we come back. We'll see. Lane, it better be Lane <laughs> Kiffin in there. <laughs> we'll, I, and I know who better not be in there. We'll, we'll, oh, God. We'll see. So, we're in a break. <laughs> and if somebody initially is K and D, if they in that, we getting ready to, oh, we getting ready to light Twitter up. We'll be back in a moment. Next, Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Thursday, 7.30. We'll visit with J.C. Sherbert. We'll talk with J.C. about Coach DeBoer and the recruiting going on at the University of Alabama. Also, Dad and I will look at the Alabama-Georgia game. We'll talk about the game and uh, who was player of the game. We'll look forward to the games this weekend. You listen to Tide 100.9 and 12.30. In the running to win this Friday, $1,000. Just download the Bet You app right now in the App Store and sign up for an account for your shot at winning. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458 and this station. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high today 52. Mostly clear tonight, a light freeze with the low at 30. Look for a warming trend tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 60. The high Friday, 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. What it do, what it do, what it do, what it do. That's what we say here in the country. It means, what's up, how you doing? For those that don't know, what's going on? Translation there for you. This is the Bill's Edge with Tide 100.9. Free download for you to ask your questions, comments, your thoughts. Don't forget to do that on Tide 100.9. And you listen to us also on 1230 AM WTBC. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the love that we're getting. Uh, on YouTube Extra. Oh, now we're down in Myrtle Beach, I see there. Uh, love my man Steve Lane, who listens to us down on the coast of South Carolina. You never get a chance. I don't have a chance, an opportunity. You need to find one to get down to the coast of Myrtle Beach, all down the coast of South Carolina, the most beautiful area in the country. See Steve Lane, he hooked you up. He Myrtle Beach? You think yeah. Myrtle Beach is the most beautiful place in the country? I said, I said the coast of South Carolina. Oh, the, so Myrtle, you got you, Myrtle you got Beach? You got it over Charleston? Yeah, it's called the coast of South Carolina. Myrtle Beach, Polly's Island, where our, our beach house is. You go, 
You go straight down 17 right there. You got Myrtle Beach. You got I got, so you're saying Beach. collectively. I got you. I thought you were saying Myrtle Beach. I I guess it's because my generation, when we talk about Myrtle, we call it Dirty Myrtle. If you come to my generation and coming through Myrtle Beach, when in the spring, it's, ooh, boy. Yeah, Myrtle Myrtle Beach is a lot different now. They call it Dirty Myrtle for a reason now. Well, you can tell, yeah. But they would have called it Dirty Murder back then, too, when I was going to, to them clubs and, and the spring break and all the football players would go to the club down there on spring break. My yeah. God, you tell my fun. Boy, thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiveness, because I got a lot to repent of. Uh-oh. All right. I already did repent, though, by the way. Good. All right, here's your top 10 college football. I'm going to let you tell because I, I'm going to light YouTube up. If I ain't even looking. Here it goes. Look, no, I'm, no I, I shared it on our YouTube stream. That way everybody can see what the, what the list right. Says and that way you could read it. So, as I said before, we went to break. Kirby Smart they got it number one. And again, this is just this is on three posts. It says per Jesse, uh, the text is too small for me. To, oh, Simonton again. Uh, no offense, respectfully, I, I don't know who he is, but just who? And I don't know who he is. Um, just this is for fun. All right, here we go. Kirby Smart. This is his list. I'm assuming Kirby Smart number one, Brian Kelly number two, number three, Kalen DeBoer. Alabama football head coach. Number four, Ryan Day. Number five, Steve Sarkeesian. Number six, Dabo Sweeney. Number seven, Mike Norvell. Number eight, Kyle, is it? Uh, Whittingham. Whittingham, sorry. Couldn't, can't really see. Uh, number nine, Lincoln Riley. And number 10, your guy, Lane Kiffin. Your thoughts? First of all, there's no doubt about number one. Kirby Smart's the best college football coach there is going right now. I am shocked at two. Me too. I mean, Brian Kelly is a good football coach, and you cannot deny what he's – I mean, he's been a very, very good coach. Winning 10 games and plus at Notre Dame, but but he hasn't cashed in anything. No championships. He hasn't done anything like that. I mean, he won the SEC uh, uh, West, excuse me, last year, beating Alabama two years ago, beating Alabama – at home and then getting beat down by Georgia in the SEC championship. So you give him nothing for that. All right. So I'm, I am, it is, Dr. Christian said, it's laughable. It is absolutely hysterical to say that Brian Kelly is number two. Number three is laughable as well. It's, a, it's absolutely laughable. And whoever did this list, you need your card taken. And I know it's just hypothetical, right? Kalen DeBoer is not the third best coach in the country. I mean, sorry, Alabama fans. He's not. Is he a great coach? Yes. He won the Pac-12. Okay, give him a slow clap. Just like many of you, if we're being real, if he wouldn't have been here at Alabama, you would have given Kalen DeBoer nothing. You would have gave him the slow golf clap and make a little three-foot putt. Right? You know, you would have given him that. But there's no way you would have put Kalen DeBoer at number three. I don't agree with that. I put Ryan Day at number two. Ryan Day, his record, say what you want about losing to Michigan the last three. I get all of that. But what he has done at Ohio State, his record says everything. Now, has he won? No. But his record at Ohio State, the O-H-I-O to me, Ryan Day will be number two. Sark is up there. I don't have a problem with that. I can't. I'm not a Clemson fan. But Dabo Swinney has won two national championships, just like Kirby. Now, they haven't been the same team the last two years, right? I mean, two years ago, they won the the ACC championship. 
I mean, they still won nine games. They ain't like they fell off the cliff. I mean, yeah, to Clemson standards, yes. But how, how can you put Kayla on the board in front of Dabo Swinney? Uh, so I, I'm not with that. And I would put Kyle Winningham. I don't know if you watch a lot of Utah football, man. Kyle Winningham is one of the best coaches in the country. He's top five for me. Lincoln Riley, uh, he did nothing to, after he left Oklahoma and went to Southern California. He ain't really did anything. I'm fine with him there. But the biggest problem I got, how in the heck do you got Lane Kiffin at number two? I mean, might not like him. You can say, somebody say, oh, you better hide your wife and your, and your daughters if Lane come around. Nope. Say what you want. But the man can coach some football. He's changed his life, and you need to operate in some grace, by the way. Undeserved, unmerited favor for those that want to know what that means. But this man can coach football. He's not the 10th best coach. He's higher than that. So I know what we're going to focus on. If you think Kalen DeBoer is not the third best coach in the country, which many will because you got fandom radio going on right now, Fine, but Ryan Day to me is number two. I put Dabo Schwinney at number three. Um, I put Blaine Kiffin at number four. I got Steve at, at no, I gotta put I gotta put Kalen in front of Steve because he's beat him. And a name that's not on here, Christian, that should be on here. Lincoln Riley shouldn't be on here. Dan Landing of Oregon should be a top five coach. Top five. Yeah. Hmm. And now you're going to say, well, he, well, what's the name? I know where you're going to go. I think he's a better coach. That's just me. But um, I got uh, Kalen the board somewhere around 7 through 10. Wait. But you said you'd have to have him above Steve Sarkeesian, so that, that doesn't really I got make Steve, sense. Uh, somewhere in there. But six, yeah, seven, but that, you, got, you got a little mixed up right there. All right, but I mean, I, I mean so here's my point. I really put Sark in front of him, and I'll tell you why. Because he's done it a lot longer. He's, so you're saying he's, experienced. They kind of matter. I mean, Caleb, Caleb Boer is, is, I mean, he is that, that new girl, right? You know, hey, you got your girl, you got the, you got the prom, you got the club, and you know what I mean? You got, you got the girl that's just been consistent that you've been seeing for, for, for years at the club. She looks good, you know. She hot, she got dressed nice, you know, she's very manicured, everything. Nails good, toes look good. But then here comes the Kalen DeBoer. Fine. Head turner. Pause. But the thing is, they ain't done it that long. They ain't been around that long. That's so right. that's kind of how I look at the situation. I think great potential. Great potential. But you can't just jump up from people that like Dabo Swinney, like him or not. You can't Dabo's and I mean besides Alabama in the last decade, you know, it was the winner's coach. Outside behind the GOAT Nick Saban. It's Dabo freaking Swinney. Hmm. Say what you want. Who beat the GOAT twice? Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm not disagreeing so you with you on that. You can't have Dabo that far down. I think that's No, that's I right. I think if if you're going off of, you know, who's established themselves, right? That's what I'm saying. I I think you got to you got to be a little more precise on how you want to rank this, right? Is it off of potential like up and comers guys who kind of are trending right now or are you going off of, you know, past success, you know, people that cuz if, if 
Look, if you're just going off of just overall everything collectively, I, I do agree, right? Dabo Sweeney for sure needs to be up there, right? You can't take away him and his success winning two national championships, which he, he beat <laughs> two of the teams that I was on, right, for national championships. Uh, Ryan Day, you know, hadn't necessarily been able to get it done uh, in the postseason, but very consistent and good football coach. I agree with those up there. And honestly, these lists are so hard. Now, I'm not mad at uh, Coach DeBoer being that high because I, I just look at what he was able to do with that Washington team. They had some good players, but definitely I wouldn't say their roster was nearly as talented as some of these others that are on here, right? It's with Georgia's. I understand that, but they still, I mean, they beat Oregon twice. They did well in the postseason other than, you know, the Michigan game. I'm just saying. Pack 12. I agree. Uh, the Pac-12 has not been impressive, but Oregon has, you know, been a better football team. And look, all I'm saying is I definitely think he's top five coach. It's just hard when you start looking at all these other coaching names and, well, when we come back, let you put your list together. I did mine. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what you got. Let's hit a break. Come back. If you're interested in this conversation, 205 342 We'll take a phone call. Don't forget that free download tie 100.9. Uh, James Crane said, wouldn't even know who Kalen DeBoer was. Had not come to Alabama. That's what I was saying. Alabama and the fact that he got the national championship, but yet even still, people did not know who Kalen DeBoer was. Let's just be real about it. But I do think he's going to be really good at Alabama. So that's my positivity. We'll be back in a moment. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on. Delivered or installed quickly at your convenience because Lowe's knows appliances Lowe's knows home improvement subject to credit approval this is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9 and, and welcome back into the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9 12.30 a.m. WTBC. We're talking about the, the top 10 college football head coaches. Uh, according to this list that I'm looking at, uh, again, this was posted by On3, so not not necessarily sure uh, <laughs> uh, who, who Jesse Simonton, I guess. But um, anyway, so I, I, it's my turn to give mine. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of struggling with this. this I, I hate doing rankings because it's always... So it's so difficult to to come up with this. But to me, obviously, Kirby Smart, you got to go with number one. I, I don't think anybody would argue that. Brian Kelly's got to go from number two. I don't like that. I don't, I don't know where this guy came up with that. Um, let's see. Two, I would probably say Ryan Day or Dabo, maybe. If we're just talking about people that are, again, I just can't. I know Dabo right now is not trending in the right direction, uh, at least in my opinion. But you can't argue what he's done. So I'd probably go Ryan Day, Dabo Sweeney, those guys kind of alternating between two and three. Um, I would have Kalen DeBoer in the top five just because I think he's trending right now. And I do believe that he can do some good stuff. I know he's still got to establish himself. Uh, but I'd probably have him behind those guys. So I guess I'd put him at about four, maybe. Then that's where it gets tough because then I got, I got honestly Sark and Lane kind of in that same. I, I would go Sark, then Lane. Um, but then I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I went Kirby, 
uh, Ryan Day slash Dabo Sweeney for two and three. Number four, I went Kalen DeBoer. And then five, uh, dang, am I missing it? I, I don't know. I'm probably messing it up. But then I know I had uh, Sark in, in lane. Somewhere around there. Anyway, I wanted to bring that up just because I saw that on Twitter and I thought it was interesting. It make for some good, good conversation. But a lot of people are kind of in similar positions. I see, obviously, everybody's got Kirby at number one. Uh, Ryan Day is arguably number two on everybody's list that I'm reading right now. And then uh, Coach DeBoer is typically falling between three and four. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's about right. I still have Coach DeBoer in the top five, but I'd probably put him at four or five right now. Um, just because I still think, you know, he's still, you know, establishing himself. Because, look, t- to be fair, people might think it's harsh, but I don't think you're wrong. I remember when we first hired Coach DeBoer, a lot of people were even saying that they didn't necessarily hear about him until he was hired, which is fine. You know, your name doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's about what you do. It's about how you perform. And when it comes to performance, he's done a great job of that, right? Uh, so with that being said, yeah, I'm expecting big things out of him. He's definitely got his work cut out for him. But um, I would say, you know, look, man, going to Washington and, and turning that program around in, in two years, I know it's the Pac-12, uh, but still, though, to me, that that's impressive to lead your team to be undefeated, you know, playing national football championship, national championship football game in the what, second year at that program. You know, I, I respect that. So I, I definitely got to have him in the top five for sure. But anyway, I knew you. I knew you'd get a. <laughs> I get a reaction out of you with that list, so I had to throw it at you. Um, See, I've been I've been good, and I know you want to. You know, uh, Steve said Kelly is at eighth. Um, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Willie Beamer says Smart Sark DeBoer, Kelly, and then Ryan Day. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, you had him at top. You just said top five. Yeah, I said top five because just real quick, Kirby Smart, I think Ryan Day or Dabo for two and three. I'd probably say Ryan Day, then Dabo, and then. But see, I, see, I, that don't even feel right because I feel like if you've won multiple national championships, you, you have to be higher. You know what I mean? Even though I'm, I, I just. It matters. I, you have to Longevity matters. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, and I almost would probably put, see that? Oh, that's too tough. I don't oh, Forget this list. It's too hard for me. Anyway, those guys, two and three, then I said four, I'd probably have DeBoer. Then five, I would say Sark, and then six, Lane Kiffin. So that's how I would do it. I think that's very fair. <sighs> what? I, I, mean, I think that's very fair. It's just, it's, like I said, I, mean, I could go back and forth. Like Ryan Day's a heck of a football coach, so consistent. But in those big games, he, he, he kind of gets cold feet, right? I mean, struggles to beat Michigan. They get in the playoffs, don't necessarily – really have success there. I mean, they gave Georgia a run for their money. If Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't, didn't get hurt, they probably could have beat Georgia that game, right? I mean, Ryan Day is potentially on the hot seat this season. That's true. So that's true. How can you be on the hot seat, man? The man's lost like six I mean, games. I mean, would, I wouldn't necessarily say hot seat, but I think they are kind of like, bro, that's like if somebody... I, mean, I know he's 0-3 like, the last three years against, against the rival, Coast. right? That's big. And he, and he lost big. to the, the interim coach around Moore, I, I think, this season. But... There is absolutely no way. I mean, if you put a coach on the, I get, I understand the theory here, right? Because of the championships at Ohio State, it's kind of like it's really kind of like Alabama championship or bust, right? I mean, say what you want, but that's what it is. But you know, you have to one give Dabo the credit that he deserves. I'm a South Carolina alum. I don't like Clemson. We're rivals, but I have to give respect where respect is due. He's won two national championships now. Um, 
I, I'm a, I've been a proponent of how bad the ACC has been, even when he won it. But still, he came in and he be, beat Nick Saban. Got to give him that. Um, I agree. The the one off the list will be Lincoln Riley. Um, I mean, if you're looking for up and coming, you got to talk about Mike Novell of Florida State. You got to say, hey, this guy has done a great job. They won the ACC championship. His team went undefeated. You can say they got snubbed from being in the college football playoffs. You can do all of that. And, uh, and, you know, say what you want. I mean, they shouldn't have been a top four team without the starting quarterback. You know, Jordan Travis, you got to be honest with that. They weren't the same team. And they, there's a clause that says if you minus players, you know what, they take that into consideration. That is a data point. But if you're looking at up and coming, Mike Novell's name is going to be in that. You can't deny what Steve Sarkeesian has done at Texas, turning that program around. He's He's been at Washington. He's been in Alabama as an OC. I mean, he's had great success. So you got you to gotta give him credit. Again, I look at longevity probably more important than others. Right. You know, because I think, you know, a couple of years, you won one conference championship in two years at Washington, um, or they won back-to-back. Was it back-to-back? They won Pac-12? I'm not sure. Um, but still, though, your second year, you win a conference championship and, you you know, you go to the national championship, championship game, game. you got to give... You got to give Kalen DeBoer that credit. But, again, I'm just on the, the, the whole deal about, okay, I know you got your staff together. I know what you're doing. I think you can be successful. But you're coming behind Nick Saban. You got a lot of question marks. It's easy to look at what somebody did at NAIA and say everywhere he's been, he's won. I get, I get the theory. I get the thinking behind all of that. But at the same time, we all know that's been covering this sport for a long time. It is not just that easy. Right? You just don't show up because what you did somewhere else, like it's just going to translate at Alabama. Alabama is a different place, first of all. Right? You're in the SEC. You don't have any divisions. You got a tough schedule. You got people leaving. You got to figure things out. Right? Um, there's a lot of things there. Now, do we hope that that Kayla Nabor can turn uh, things around? Absolutely. But I'm a realist. I know it's going to be hard. I don't care what he did at Washington. Okay, because we look at the Pac-12, we look at it and go, it was it was competitive, right? Oregon, Dan Lanning's team was good. He, I mean, they were the favorite to win it. Bonex coming back for a senior year. Uh, they had dudes back, and they lost. Kayla Nabor beat him, so you got to give him credit for that. But, you know, the other guy, um, Kyle Woodingham at Utah, you know, they didn't have, they couldn't get their starting quarterback back, but this team played football the right way, great defense. I mean, they didn't have, their, their, their recruiting was always down. They probably wasn't even a top 20 team that recruited. But well coached, very sound playing football. They're in the Pac 12. So, you look at Washington, you look at Oregon, Southern Cal was a team everybody thought, you know, last year with Caleb Williams and all that good stuff, but they they faltered down the stretch. Uh, he didn't play well this season. He came back. He didn't play well. Former Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, so Southern Cal, we would call them down, right? They didn't play any defense. Um, Oregon was a new darling. They couldn't get it done. So who else do we go see and go in the Pac-12? Oregon State was okay with DJ Uy Anglele. It was decent. They weren't great. So that's what I'm saying. 
you, do you look at the Pac-12 as some type of juggernaut? I mean, nobody would say they're a juggernaut by any means, but I'm just saying, I mean, they had some decent football. I mean, Oregon went bad. I mean, they beat Oregon twice, but uh, you also, to me, I'm just also looking, I'm not just looking at what they did in the Pac-12, but when they faced Texas, they beat them, all right? So I'm just saying, I, I consider all that stuff. Like, I mean, like so I just brought this up because I knew it would be a, a, well, it's a good conversation. A good it's conversation. Day, I mean, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I'll be honest with you. If you look at the replies on Twitter, they they kind of have Coach DeBoer kind of in that five or six area, which I, I think this this if you're going off of I'm not mad about him being five or six. I'm yeah, no, no, I, I think that's I think that's fair. But I, I agree with you that landing definitely. Needs He's not to be number on three. I tell you that. He's not. I had him at not. I, I think four through six is is respect respectable. And I think that's fair, given that you've got two national championship winning head coaches on there. They, they got to be in the top three. And then, you know, Ryan Day has been consistently doing That's why I say I think Coach Boer about number four is where I'd put him. And then I've got Steve Sarkeesian, those guys. But you got to throw Dan Landing on that list. I think it's kind of criminal. I, I would say replace Dan or replace uh, Lincoln Riley with, with Dan Landing if I had to pick one. Yeah. I think that's Take fair. Take Brian Kelly out there and punt him. You know? <laughs> Hunt Brian Kelly out of the top 10. All right, we got to take a break. Come back, 205-342-9904, tie 100.9, 12.30 AM WTBC. Love to get some calls, your thoughts. Don't forget to download that free app. We take your questions right there as well. I got some interesting things I really want to talk about out on football in hour number two, but we got one more segment here. And number one, we'll be right back. Day mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join the Martin Houston Show powered by Max Sports. The Sam Palmer Sports, your show, your team. On tomorrow, we'll be discussing the Alabama versus Georgia game. Was Alabama able to get a big quad one win on the road? We have a little true-false edition of the show. We'll also look at roster management slash recruiting. We'll have those conversations and more, and we invite you to get in on the conversation at 205-342-9904. You can also follow us on Facebook at Martin Houston 35 fan page. Those conversations and a whole lot more. High-quality ingredients. We want to say, that sounds great. We've been doing that since 1974. Under the biggest cactus in town, Taco Casa. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 52. Mostly clear tonight, a light freeze with the low at 30. Look for a warming trend tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow, 60. The high Friday, 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Welcome back into this Wednesday edition of Miller's Edge. Right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. Remember, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support. Experts, if you're in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain, just feel a little stiff, don't feel necessarily right, head on over to the Good Feet Store to take great care of you. I know you're wondering, hey, how, how is... The Good Feet Store going to help me with that pain. Well, they've got premium art supports that are designed to eliminate and alleviate that pain. They're great for all situations, walking your dog, just 
in and out of, you know, work and walking around the house. You can even wear them. You wear these things, and I promise, man, they make the world's difference. So go check them out. They'll take great care of you. Again, that's the Good Feet store there in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa, or you can always go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment or find the nearest Good Feet location to you. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives, two feet at a time. Now, you said you wanted to, to get into some, so I know you're saving some stuff for the the second hour. But uh, real quick, before I throw it back to you, I will say uh, Coach DeBoer's down in Mobile for the senior bowlers. Uh, some pictures of him with his quarterback, former quarterback at Washington, Michael Penix, uh, who I've heard some good things about him down at the senior bowl, um, which doesn't surprise me. That dude, when I was going back and watching some more Washington tape to kind of get an idea on how this offense might look, just kind of you know, understand a little bit more about what uh, Coach Grubb likes when he's calling his offenses, Man, you can't help but notice, man, Michael Penix Jr., I mean, he is – you talk about accuracy. I mean, he was putting things on the money, throwing it on the line. And I got to give you props because you actually said – I think it was it was two years. It wasn't this past year, but two years ago, I remember you were talking about Michael Penix Jr. as one of your favorites or somebody that should get some recognition. Uh, I don't know if you're saying necessarily Heisman or what, but you're just saying he's a guy that not as many people are talking about but deserves some of that conversation. And I remember, because yeah. I, I, you used to stay up and watch Pac-12 and all that stuff. You I was like, watch. I didn't. So I remember you mentioned him, like, yeah, that, that quarterback Washington has Michael Penix. You were extremely impressed two years ago. I ain't necessarily know much about him. Uh, but as I've been watching more and more tape, and obviously I got to know him more this year watching them, that dude is an extremely good football player. And if, if they can find a way to help develop a guy like Jalen Milrow, I'm not saying he he'll become Michael Penix. They're totally different types of players. But, man, if they can try to get him confident like that to make those throws, I mean, because this dude, like I said, I mean, he was putting it in some tight windows, and he he, he was confident. He, he was operating well. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what this staff can do with a guy like Jalen Milrow. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. That Coach DeBoer is down at the Senior Bowl visiting with his guys again. Uh, we have three guys down there. We've got our well, do they, does he even know those guys? I said he's down there like, in the Senior Bowl. I mean, with his I, well, I'm asking, guys. like, what he, but when, no, he won't be visiting Alabama guys? I'm sure he might introduce himself. Like, what are you trying to say, though? I mean, he, well, I'm just trying to say, his I quarterback think is down there. He's not down there to visit the Alabama guys. Michael Penix is down there. So he he's down there. He, it was him and uh, Kane Womack, who was a former South Alabama head coach, where they hold the Senior Bowl practices and all that good stuff, right? Um, they're down in Mobile, and I'm sure they're also going to be doing some recruiting. Uh, but all I'm saying is he was down there visiting his guys, probably more so the Washington guys. But I'm sure he'll introduce himself. I mean, yeah, that, you're right. They don't they don't know each other, but I don't know why that really matters. I mean, he's probably going to say, hey. Well, because the, the coach, that's why I said Nick Saban obviously not going to be there because Nick Saban's going to be playing golf, doing this thing, playing some golf. I'm, I'm, my point was. He is, might show up. Coach Saban still might show but, up. You know, Shane Beamer's down there. Spencer Rattler's there at South Carolina. So Shane's going to go see his guy, right? But I'm just saying, I think he has to go make that initial, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just conversation, inter, excuse me, introduction, saying, hey, I'm Coach Kalen DeBoer of Alabama. And, you know, it's kind of be kind of weird that you got guys down there. Hopefully he took some guys that they know. I think it would be cool if the D-line coach went or Jamie or somebody would have went that they know Justin Aborgby uh, or, you know, Chris Braswell. Who's the other guy, third guy? Will Riker. Will Riker. Yeah. Well, so. I, I mean, I, I think, again, I think Coach Saban could potentially end up making a trip down there just to visit with those guys. But it's not like, you know, they don't. the coaches don't have to go down there. I think they just do it in, in 
You know what I mean? No, just you got to go show support. Just to, just support. to go show support. But what I'm saying is, those they guys are going to be those, year. those. He did, but he's now retired. So I wouldn't be shocked if he did make the decision to go visit his guys. Because again, Will Riker, Chris Braswell, Justin Boyby, those are those are three of his guys. Those are Nick Saban's guys. So I wouldn't be shocked if he made the trip. But if not, it's not the end of the world. They'll be fine. And I'm sure Coach DeBoer will introduce himself. But it's not like he's going to be down there to 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 visit with those three guys that he didn't he didn't coach them. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, personally. I, I just I don't. That's a huge deal. I mean, you got to be there support because to support you've won relationships. You want to talk to NFL guys. You want your guys drafted. Why? Because it it, it, it enhances the program. Of course, it's a huge deal. So they're going to go down there. Nick would always see Belichick and all his people that he knows from the National Football League. I mean, you're talking about your guys, right? So right, but, it's but, great. But to does every head coach go down there? I'm, I'm genuinely asking. Like, it I, doesn't. I, I never, no, no, no. no every, I never saw coach. pictures of Jim Harbaugh. I could be wrong, but I'm saying I don't. Maybe not. Ryan Day point, go down there. Point, That's what I'm saying. I, I, don't, I, I don't think every major head. I, I'm, I think I've seen Dabo Sweeney down there. But I'm saying if they right. if a head coach doesn't go down there, it's not like it's going to affect the draft stock or change. It's it's really not that big of a deal in my opinion. That's just me. It, I don't. When you're think. talking about enhancing relationships, when you're talking about supporting your kid, you know, somebody they're telling somebody about Chris Braswell more than just on the field. What kind of person he is, what type of leader he is. Of course, you'll have those opportunities, but that's part of what you do. But and you take your brand down there. You I mean. It's a big deal. You know, Jim Nagy does a great job at the Reese's Senior Bowl. It is a huge deal. That's why all these people are there. I'm just saying that it does matter. And if you came on the board, you're going to make that initial introduction, right? Because you're supporting what they're wearing on their helmet, the A, the number, Alabama. And he is Alabama. So you got to, he's got to, I know his old, you know, Michael Pettis Jr., I get it. That's your guy. You coached him. You, you brought him there from Indiana. But these are your guys now because this is who you get paid by. Now you're wearing, you're not wearing Washington. Michael Pettis got a W on his helmet down there. Chris Braswell, them dudes got the A helmet. So he has to go spend some time over there with those guys. So he had to do both. I'm just saying because it is important. Wait, Let's take no, a wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I'm a piece of hold on, hold on. Yeah, you. Hold on, let me explain something. You, for somebody that's been around this, you know damn well these conversations have been going on. These scouts have been talking to coach. They've been talking to the strength coach. They've been talking to player development. They've been talking to whether it's Sam Petito, Denzel Duvall, whoever. They've been talking to these people about these players. I've even talked to scouts about players because <laughs> they, they, they all know me. They're the same scouts that were when I was coming out. They would see me on the sidelines calling the games and they talk to me. If the head coach is not in Mobile, it is not that big of a deal. I promise you. Look, look, I guarantee he will go introduce himself. But that doesn't make any sense. He can't advocate for any of our guys necessarily. Now, he could say, hey, I've watched tape on the three Alabama guys that are here. Obviously, I didn't coach them, but there's some some really great folks. He can say that, but he doesn't necessarily know them as people, right? So there's not much he can speak on. So to me... That's not that again. It's not that big of a deal. I was down at the Senior Bowl. Um, I'll be honest. I don't even really remember with interacting with Coach Saban. Right? I think he just comes down there just to show his support. Again, knowing Coach Saban, if he has the time, he might stop by down there just to support Will Reichert and Justin Boyd because Braswell. But if not, it's really not that big of a deal. Those conversations, they still are going to go talk to all the player development, all player, even if even people that might have left. 
you and I both know these scouts can even go back to high school and middle school if they really want to get information out of. I, I think I think you're kind of blowing that one out of proportion. Personally, yes, he's wearing an Alabama hoodie now when he's down there. But Michael Penix was his guy. He was his guy before Washington. He's going to go support that guy and talk great about him because that's his his guy that he's helped right. develop and coach. That, to me, you is totally, totally fine. The point. You totally uh, what, missed the point. What, what, what's the point? The point is you still have to go do it, right? Because when he goes and shakes the hand of Chris Braswell, anybody with the, the helmet of Alabama on, it's also press. It's all, all us local media. They're going to take a picture. They're going to put it on next. You know we're going to see it. Well, we're just seeing the picture of him getting that he's there. So all of this stuff is calculated for everybody. So exactly. my point even, is. Even when Coach Saban went down there, again, it's, it's, he, he's, right. he's probably doing it because he, he has to to show his support. That's my point. You got to go show because he is now Alabama. Yeah, he was Washington. He is. He's going to do both. That's my point. He's going to have to go. So you hated these guys because they become they still a part of your program. Even though you didn't coach them, obviously they're great players, or they wouldn't be there at the senior bowl, right? You still go show that support. You go sit and get, make, make sure you get that picture. You know, it's kind of like Donald Trump in the Bible in front of the church. <laughs> you gotta go get it. I mean, you gotta go make sure because that's part of it. It's got the social media part. Dude, all this stuff is part of media. Do you think do you think they'd even want to be out doing this stuff? They have like I just I'm confused on where you're going with that. I mean, you're just you're just saying just made a point. you're saying I don't know what you're making. You're just saying you're not impressed by him being down there. Like, what, what, what do you? I've never said that. So you put words. No, in my no, mind. no. I'm a, I'm asking. I, I generally don't know where you're going with that. Like, I obviously I'm sure you. I'm go saying that make sure he make sure he go the Alabama side. You kept saying, "Oh, it's Michael Penix. It's all about Michael Penix." I said, "Quarter." Uh, no, no, I was no, saying no. that. You, my that point means, was that means you missed a point. The picture that I saw was him and Kane Womack. They took a picture with Michael Penix. I just said the picture was him talking with Michael Penix. Well, you better, my word, okay. Then my point is, you just you better be. Ta- you did take a picture with the Crimson Tide boys too. But That's does he point. have to take a picture? Like to me, that would look weird. He didn't coach them. I, that's it ain't what, about him coaching. No, no, no. I, it's I, about where he's at. It's about representing I, the A. I, I understand and that. And he is the why, head yeah, football I, I coach of you. Alabama. A lot of coaches <laughs> didn't coach me, right, that are here now. Shane Beamer didn't coach me. Right. But if I'm at a function, he take as a former player, he take that's part of it. It's still called family. We talk about family and fraternity. It don't matter about if he coached them. It's about, hey, that the respect level that he's coaching, those dudes school now, who they've been a part of championships. And you go make that introduction because you're going to need those guys too. Because they're going to have to recruit down the road. Because why? When they get to the NFL, what are they going to showcase when the Ryan Williams and these dudes come in that locker room? Former players in the NFL, the pros. Right? That's all recruiting pitching. That's all I'm saying. It absolutely matters. All right, top down break, Tom. And as we see on the phone, we're going to get you an hour number two. I got some questions concerning this football team and players. We're going to get a little uh, meathead football a little bit. I love doing that. I want to argue some more. That's what I love doing, too. Yeah, clearly, because you argue for nothing. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. You don't. You, you, man, you're, you, you're like an A honor roll dude. You don't understand that it's important with relationships. No, I, I guess, I, I guess I, I know I, I'm confused because no one said he wasn't going to go introduce. I literally said he. I'm sure he would I go know introduce that, but himself. My, I, I don't know that either, but as a radio host, you just make the point. My point is it's important that he does. Whether he does it or not, I don't know. 
I'm saying it's important, and I gave you the reasons why. This is the Mills Edge, Tide 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC, back in a moment. They're designed to help protect against recent variants. Learn more about a COVID-19 vaccine option at SchedulecovidVax.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wyatt. We have some breaking news in the NFL as multiple outlets are reporting that the Seattle Seahawks are hiring Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald to be their next coach. And at 36 years old, McDonald now the youngest head coach in the NFL. In the NBA, ESPN is reporting the NBA and NBA Players Association have finalized plans to hold the draft in June across two separate days. The first round will be held on June 26th at the Barclays Center. Round two will be held at ESPN Seaport District Studios in Manhattan on June 27th. And Marcus Saul officially retiring from the NBA. He played 20 professional seasons, 13 of them in the association. He played for the Grizzlies, Raptors, and Lakers. He was a 2019 NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors. Also made three all-star teams. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Late night when you need my love. And I know when that outline blink. And welcome back into this second hour of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 a.m. WTBC first hour we did a lot of talking about a number of things we uh, we got got to talking about this this coaches ranking that was on uh, on three it was a tweet from on three and uh, basically we gave our thoughts on that got a lot of people's thoughts over on the YouTube channel as well uh, so that was really good got some more stuff to talk about in this hour recently we were just were speaking on uh, the Senior Bowl again uh, if you're just tuning in. Uh, Coach DeBoer was down there at the Senior Bowl where he was uh, seen. He spoke with the media a little bit. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what he had to say. And uh, he also was seen talking with his former quarterback, Michael Penix. Um, so as, as you Let me just say something real quick. Oh, God, here we go. Some of you people on YouTube, I'm, I'm really trying to be respectful. Tell me your comments are just idiotic. All right, let me just, let me just tell you this. Oh, Listen God. to me. Here, I'm talking, I'm looking at my camera on the computer. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I think a coach that have, knows nothing about a player can go talk to an NFL general manager about that said player? No, he can't. That's not what I said. Listen to me. What I'm saying is important that the coach makes the relationship with the player the contact. Of course, he's not going to be able to help the guy. They don't need them to talk good about them, right? There are enough people that they, re, they do their due diligence when it comes to getting drafted, I know this better than anybody. When it comes to getting drafted, I get that. But what y'all saying, oh, he can't tell somebody about Of course he can. That's what I was saying in general. That's why coaches go there. Coaches go there to have conversations. And Kayla DeBoer's situation, yes, of course he knows Michael Payne. He coached him. He brought him with them. I mean, don't just hear certain things. Hear everything what I'm saying. My point, again, now I'm going to move on. You can't talk to a team 
or NFL team if he hadn't coached a player. But it's important as a new coach of Alabama who hadn't coached these young men, the three guys there, that he makes the initial introduction. That also is important. It ain't about lifting them up to the NFL scout. That's what I said. Well, I think so, when you initially were making the point, it almost sounded as if you were implying it. Well, I did not sign that. I said nothing like that. Well, I mean, I'm not freaking stupid. How, how am I going <laughs> to say Kalen DeBoer, who coached a totally different team, knows nothing about a guy, going to tell somebody about an NFL guy? That's idiotic. I never said that's that. That's why I was confused on what you were saying, because that's what it sounded like. So, you, you, I don't know. You can go back and watch the rerun, and maybe maybe you'll I don't need to watch the rerun. <laughs> it's simple. I'm just like, and I'm like, bro, I, I would never say that. I never said that. The point is, the player and the new coach, He's what does does Caleb Boy have a Washington coat on, or does he have an Alabama coat on? He has an Alabama uh, quarters, probably similar to what I have on right now. Does Chris Braswell have a Washington helmet on or Alabama helmet? Hmm, I don't know. I wonder which uh, one. Yeah, uh, so my point is, I know they change stickers in these all-star games. My point is, it's great. It will be great if he does go take a picture. It'll be great if he does show that, hey, I'm going to form Nick Saban guys, this, but these are guys, now we still on the same team, right? Because we always talk about fraternity, family, even after you leave. You got a new coach in, well, you're part of family too. That's all I'm saying. That's that. That's the importance of that. Right, so like Jack and I, he doesn't know the Alabama player. He does, like, really? I mean, like, come on, dude. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I guess people just kind of just expect that because again, he also said in his press conference he wants all the former players to come back around. I mean, this is a great opportunity for him to right. meet some very recent former players. That's why I was just kind of again, the way it came out it just sounded like it was it's kind of confusing. But anyway, um, with that being said, I do want to remind you guys about our good friends over at Off Road Performance Direct. If you're in need of any type of lifts, uh, any type of leveling kits, even if you just want some new rims or tires, you got a truck, SUV, all that good stuff, they'll take great care of you right there at Off-Road Performance Direct. Again, they're located in Northport, 4751 Lake Sherwood Lane, Northport, Alabama. Go check them out now. Uh, contact my guy, Michael. He will take great care of you and get your truck uh, ready for any type of uh, anything you really need, whether you want it for looks. You want to you do a lot of hunting, going off-road, they'll take great care of you. So, again, Off-Road Performance Direct, the 4 by 4 shop, they will take great care of you. Contact Michael. Again, that's 205-310-1823. Again, Off-Road Performance Direct over in Northport. Um, yeah, let's, go, let's take Tommy. He's been holding for a while. 205-342-9904. Tommy from Ramos, you're up here on the edge. What's up, buddy? I'm going to ask you, do y'all need to take yoga lesson or anger management? I think I need to roll the mats out and start inhaling and <laughs> exhaling. Get your Z and Yang going. No, nah, why would it be boring? That'd be boring, Tommy. I know, I'm, I'm, I know. Like I said, I'm chilling. <laughs> I, just, I just was confused. Okay, well, okay, if y'all chilly, I'm confused. I going to the, about I coach going down to the mobile and talking to our former players or having pictures made. I think it's good PR because you know what he can tell recruits like I'm the new coach of Alabama. I got Washington players down here, my former players from Washington. Some of them are gonna be number one draft choice. Some of my new team I didn't coach these guys at Alabama. We're not going to miss a step what Nick Saban started, right. that we had one or two draft picks in the first round. 
since 2008 or something like that. It's going to continue. I'm going to support these players. And that's going to be a great relationship with kids in high school looking towards Alabama to play future football for. I mean, he's building bridges. I don't know if he can go speak for them, but he said, if Nick Saban thought they were good enough to play, I think they're good enough to play. So, you know, I'm not going to argue with Nick Saban, and I'm going to help my former players. It's a win-win for everybody, in my opinion, down there. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's exactly what he will do. That, that's, all, that's all I was saying. I mean, if you look, I mean, obviously he can't speak on behalf of those guys. He doesn't know them personally, but you know, he can go introduce himself, get to know them a little bit while he's down there, but he's definitely going to uh, go visit with Michael Penix and any other Washington guys he might have down there. That, I mean, that makes total sense. Again, he just was coaching with them in the national championship game. Not even two weeks ago, right? Those those are his guys. That, that's all I was saying, but I think it's a good opportunity for him to continue to, to get out there, let his face get, you know, uh, more and more recognizable and, and get in, you know, look, I mean, cause again, we're still not weird, but, you know, he, he coached in the Pacific Northwest, right? This is another opportunity he's down there with a the whole bunch of scouts, and I'm sure they can go visit some more recruits while they're down in Mobile. So I, I think it, it's smart and uh, the right move to go down there, hang out there, show his face, um, and visit with, with both with both guys while he's down there. I think it's a win-win for Alabama. I mean, really. I mean, he's helping. He hasn't forgot his former players. And I wouldn't be surprised, like in the offseason, when you played professional football, during the offseason, did you train back here in Tuscaloosa, Christian? I mean, yeah, I did. The facilities. I mean, a lot of former Alabama players come back and train here because our facilities is better than a lot of the pro team facilities. Exactly. I mean, yeah, and and, so, and and he and he and he mentioned that in his press conference, and, and I, I think he meant it. I don't think he just was saying it to say it, but um, yeah, no, nah, he said he, he welcomes all former players back. And that's what I'm saying. That's all I was saying earlier is that he didn't have to. No one has to go down to the senior bowl. I don't think every single coach goes down there. I think realistically they, they go to show support, but also a lot of it is a public, not a publicity stunt, but you know you know what I mean, do it for PR. Um, but he'll have plenty of opportunities as well to meet former guys. I mean, I, I know when I was, you know, coming back here and working out, I mean, there's always guys, you know, back in the weight room, whether it was O.J. Howard, Mac Wilson, Anthony Jennings, Ron Payne, a ton of guys always come back here uh, to work out and do treatment, all that good stuff. So, um yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, as, you know, he continues to, to make his rounds, he'll meet more and more people and, and continue to establish himself. Yeah, I mean, the point, again, is about you, the relationship building because they don't know you, you don't know them, they know about you, right? And so, of course, he's going to take pictures with Penix and his, whoever else is there from Washington, but you also go do make that, that initial introduction and say, hey, I'm your new football coach, this is your program, I'm here, you know, you have a good conversation. I think that's always good. And, and and that's what you expect. I wouldn't doubt if we didn't see any pictures coming from those guys from down there because they this are the nuts and bolts of your program is people like that, right? That's that's played well and done great things and still doing good things, gonna play on Sundays. And um, you know, these guys will be back around the program while you're there as the head coach. That's all that that was the whole preface. It's not like it's not important. It is important just because it's about building relationships. It's about being around and showing your face, whether it's just tongue-in-cheek or just, you know what it's about, right? Nick Saban, every year, what, what do they always post? Every time he got well, he there, got right? Bit, yeah. He got to build his right. brand. I mean, he I know there's a brand. Alabama brand. 
<laughs> he showed yeah. his face and he ain't there that long. You know, they railroad fly in and boom, he's out. He shows his face, talk to Bill Belichick or whomever else he knows, sees a couple of guys and, you know, watch a little bit of practice and, and then and they dip. So it's still all about these types of things are about who's who, right? That's what it's about. I mean, if you've been in any kind of all-star game or these types of, you know, celebrity deal, these are about who's who. It's about relationships. Some of them is about jobs. Some of them is about, hey, I'll get to know this coach. It's something about, hey, I'm available, blah, 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 let me know. You know, a lot of, lot of hires happen places like at the Senior Bowl. That's what they do. Yeah, it's a, it's a business trip, and they recruit and trip. It's everything. Roll up to hey. one. About your list of coaches. Woo, dog. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's your top What's your top five, Tommy? Um, Kirby won. Dabo, too, because he won, too. He might be sliding. But then I'm gonna put Brian Day, Ryan Day at three. But like somebody said, he's sliding. But I think Payne's gonna turn around up there. Says Mr. Personality and Love makes it there. <laughs> Number four. Number four is Tal Whit- Whitham of Utah. Because oh, I got yeah. If you didn't prepare for him, he would beat you. I mean, he was solid. That does a great football coach. He is. On the Defense and offense. And, uh, uh, number five is going to be Lane Kiffin. I'm going to say why. Ooh. Yeah, I was pulling for Lane to be head coach out here, but that's fine. Uh, and six is a tie. I'm going to give it to Stark and I, new coach. Because let's just look at this way. Last year was Stark's first year of winning 10 games at any college who he's been at as a head everything to do great things but you still gotta go do it and um so that's where I, why I got him I'm kind of like you with what you said uh him and Sark kind of you know he beat Sark you said that can give him the edge over Sark but Sark's a good football coach too oh uh, yeah I'm not taking nothing away from him but I'm just everybody love analytics and I'm like I don't know if they have analytics to do anything with my decision but I'm like he won 10 games two years in a row at Washington he beat him twice and start was at Washington before he took, took the USC job. Never won 10 games at Washington or USC. And I'm like, last year was his first year. I'm like, you got to get at the right place at the right time yeah. to be successful. 
And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying. No, your points are well taken, and I think they're very good, Tommy. We got to hit a break, buddy. Good to hear from you, as always. Y'all right, have a good day. There you go. Tommy. Tommy from Ramos. Quick timeout. That's good stuff. I mean, that's a good breakdown. I never heard anybody use analytics for a top 10 coaching list, but it was pretty good. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Are installed quickly at your convenience because Lowe's knows appliances. Lowe's knows home improvement. Subject to credit approval. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 52. Mostly clear tonight, a light freeze with the low at 30. Look for a warming trend tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow, 60. The high Friday, 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. I like that. What a switch up there. Justin Jones, but coming out the hip pocket. Well, I, wow. I took back over. I got back early. So this is it's <laughs> Noah now. Noah's in control. He's got the, the alternative. Oh, not no someone right, bro. I'm like, how do we go to all this kind of crazy no. hip hop to that? Yeah, I was playing. Uh, I wanted to play some some punk rock like we were talking about yesterday. There you go. I was thinking that, and I'm like, did Justin know that? Did he? I mean, why he was doing curls at that gym? What's the name of that gym y'all go to? Man, look, man. It... <laughs> Why are you always getting on Justin about the gym? He's in Jealous. the gym. Right, he's in the gym. I I, I went to the gym already. You want to see the video? No, we're good. We don't need to watch okay. that. Okay. How you doing, Noah? Did you have a... I mean, why are you late today? I just wanted to sleep in. Okay. <laughs> he's just I mean, you, you, You're the hardest working man in radio, bro. That's right. I was looking, Christian. I came across my celly here that... Alabama hired another guy, a director of personnel or something. And I was trying to find the, oh, here it is. Alabama's expected to hire TCU's Aaron Hodges as an associate director of player personnel. So it's still at uh, 24-7 Sports. Uh, he has been a key, he has been key behind uh, the scenes figure for TCU as recruiting coordinator and defensive uh, quality control. Previously worked at Ohio State, Purdue, Louisville, and Texas Tech. So they're getting an associate. They just hired a director of player personnel of NC State, I think, right? And now they got an associate director of player personnel. Uh, his name is Aaron uh, Hodges, E-R-O-N Hodges, and um, been around a lot of quality places. And they said he's been behind the scenes as far as recruiting uh, at uh, TCU. But he uh, also has been a defensive quality control guy, which is kind of like an analyst, that type of thing. So there you go. There you go, Alabama and Kalen DeBoer uh, still on the recruiting trail. I was trying to get some sound from the Senior Bowl because uh, Chris Braswell did speak with the media, and I was trying to know us if you can find me some of that that we can play it 
Um, but here's a question I had, and I, and I teased this at the top of the hour, Christian. When we look at this team going forward, right, and we, we both agree that this team is probably going to, this roster will look extremely diff, different, right? Uh, when when the August gets here, we don't expect it to look like it looks right now. We think there's going to be more guys transfer. We know that there's going to be, they're going to be active in the transfer portal come April. Um, so we think this roster is going to be different. But how many spaces are available? You know, what what is available defensively for this team? When you look at the defense, we'll start right there. We talk about the interior of the defensive line. Three guys coming back that played many, many meaningful minutes. They're back from uh, Tim Smith to, uh, you know, all these guys that are coming back up front. Um, Jaheim Otis and others. Well, Two of us very glaring and obvious is the edge guys. And I, and the more I thought about it was what in the world are they going to do at the edge position? And I know you always talked about they got a bunch of five stars that are sitting right there. Right? What are they going to do replacing those, those guys? I think this is a position that they have to go after from dudes that have played and have great experience that are good. I think they got to get some dudes um, that are ready to go. I don't think they can go young here because I think that's how important that position is in the Nick Saban. Uh, I was going to say Nick Saban's defense. It has been, but I don't know about this new Coach Womack's defense, right? We talked about the 4 2 5. Um, I don't know. What are they going to do at at the edge? Because they lose a lot of valuable players, a lot of valuable plays, a lot of valuable minutes from Dallas Turner, from Chris Braswell. What are they going to do? Because I think this has to be, no doubt, a portal situation. Yeah, I think it could be for sure. Uh, If there is somebody available when it opens back up, which would be post-spring, I think that is a position. Uh, If I'm being truthful here, they were already looking in the portal for that position before Coach Saban retired. And I don't think that's a secret here. Texas A&M had an edge guy that was taking a visit here. Um, so they, they already were kind of investigating the portal uh, at the edge position before. So I, I think that would make sense. Um, you have, look, you had a plethora of players in that room. It's just nobody has valuable experience, so to speak. The the most experienced guy at the edge position right now would be Quandarius Robinson, but he was more of a, you know, third down Raptors package player definitely was productive with pass rush situations on that in that Raptors package, but he's a a, a demon on special teams. Um, So, you know, he could, you know, earn a role, right? You know, he's a veteran guy, just doesn't have the most experience, but he's probably the most experienced player. But another name would be Quay Rousseau, a young player who was a true freshman last year. I believe he redshirted out of the trio of true freshmen. I think all these guys were, Borderline five stars, but you had Keon Keeley, Quay Rousseau, and uh, Yonze Pierre. Quay Rousseau was the one that was receiving the most attention in practice when it was, um, you know, when it was presented, right? He was getting reps in practice, right? He didn't, I, I think they all redshirted. None of them really played. So, but I would say the pre- previous staff, they were, they were, they felt Quay Rousseau was a little bit further along than the other guys. So, with that being said, I wouldn't be shocked if Quay Rousseau establishes himself. Keon Keeley is a guy where, I mean, honestly, he looks like he's, I wouldn't say 
put on even more weight, but he looks like with his frame, he honestly could push 265. Wouldn't shock me. If that's the case, you could put him uh, over, let's see, uh, at the other end spot, right, which is more of a bigger guy in this scheme, and then have a more athletic guy. at. The, I think they call it the wolf position. I need to get, get it for sure. But anyway, it's like the jack. So th- that's what I would look at. But not just take Keon out of the equation at the other spot. I would probably, if I had to guess, I would say probably LT Overton. He fits a bill as that other end spot. Um, him. Uh, then I think at the tackle spots, I mean, you got Tim Keenan, who's more of that nose. Uh, and then Jaheim Otis, again, play tackle or nose. Then uh, Tim Smith, again, probably more that tackle spot. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they could go to the portal. But more, more importantly, I'm more so thinking about the cornerbacks, man. Because realistically, I mean, you're replacing a lot of production there too, right? You're replacing Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold, right? And then the, really the, the most experienced guy in the secondary coming back would be Malachi Moore. And other than that, I mean, you've got Devontae Smith, who was hurt all last season, uh, played sparingly at the end of the year when he came back. And he looks promising. Uh, but still, you know, there's just lack of experience. you got Damani Jackson, who was a highly rated player coming out of high school. He, he played... Okay, he was solid for Southern Cal last year, uh, but I definitely think he could take some steps. Other than that, though, you got a lot of youth, so I wouldn't be shocked if they look at the portal at that at that spot too, at the cornerback or safety position, because we all know. I mean, you're going to need depth, and not just that. I mean, especially when you get into dime package, you need six guys on the field, right? Uh, so I, I think they might hit the portal for a couple spots on defense. If I had to guess, I would probably. We do say, have Overton there now. We we forgot the Overton is still there. No, I, I said Transfer that. Portal for, yeah, yeah. I said LT Overton would be the at the other side, not the Ed. Whatever they term it. Look, you got. We'll just say defensive end, defensive tackle, nose, and we'll say we called it a jack, but they called I think a wolf, right? It, I could be wrong. I think it's a wolf. We'll say wolf is more of like your. That would have been like Chris Braswell, Dallas Turner. LT Overton will probably be on that that end side. But I, they got options there. But I think definitely cornerback, edge, um, and maybe even some inside linebackers for depth because we, we don't have much depth, much depth that inside linebacker. I can see us taking a handful of guys out of the portal on defense. No, I think they need to. I think that's the most important thing that they have. I mean, they got corners. I think those corners that – that is still there, and then the addition of the kid from Southern Cal, uh, quote unquote five stars coming out of high yeah. school. They're just and they're going to play five defensive backs, right? They're going right. They're going to play defensive backs, so we they are four two five. So that means you're going to have to have at least ten dudes ready to ball. At least you'd like to have more than that, and then you're going to have to cross train some guys. But again, we don't know exactly yet. We can pull up film of South Alabama's defense with Coach Womack and and give you a an overview of that. Of this four two five, I I just don't like four two fives, uh, especially uh, against when you got to stop the run in this conference, a, a conference that really really hangs their hat on trench play and running the football, the physicality. Four two five don't seem to do very well against the run. It's more of a pass defense type defense, all right. It's more of a nickel when you're going up against eleven personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. Uh, that's what it's built for. So I, I'm not sure when I start thinking about this defense. Not You've heard me say I think the offense of Alabama is going to be okay. I'm a believer in Jalen Miro. I'm not one of those guys that think, you know, he's not equipped to learn Kalen DeBoer's offense and he's not, you know, good enough from the neck up and all that good stuff. Sorry about that. But I, I think 
they will devise an offense for him. They will generate some things that this dude can do, and I think he's going to do a better job of it. I think they will emphasize quick throws. See, we always talk about, you heard me talk about Jalen getting the ball out of his hands quick, but a lot of times it's the, it's the call, right? And you can have predetermined calls where that ball is out, right? You you you, you scheme the defense where you, your guy's going to be open. Those quick throws are going to be there. So I think we're going to see that. So I'm not as concerned uh, about Alabama's offense. I think they're more equipped to pick up and uh, right where they, I mean, better than what they left off. I think they're going to be better offensively. I do. I, I think they're going to be more innovative. I think Caleb DeBoer is an innovator. I think he's a guy that's why his offenses are good. He understands it. He, he he's You heard me talk about the number two pencil. He sharpens that pencil. He's able to, to draw up the plays. Uh, you know, I, I think all of that good stuff, right? I think the offense is going to be fine. And I don't think you have to be a five-star wide receiver. I know we're getting Ryan Williams and kudos to him and what he's accomplished, back-to-back Gatorade player of the year. I get all of that. But if you look at the history of Washington and his offensive Kayla and the boy, you look at receivers. I'll give you an example. The tight end there that, that was a walk-on at Washington was very, very instrumental in what he did for that offense, right? I mean, he caught 40-something passes, much more than any of our tight ends, right? That's because... The innovator, the innovator of, of the play calling, right? So I feel good about the offense. I love the, the Justice Haynes. I love Jam Miller. I love the new guys. They, they, they can run the football. You got tight ends that's played a lot of valuable minutes. You got, you know, the offensive line, you got to replace the tackle. The tackle spots will be crucial. We do know that. But I think they'll be fine. And I don't think you have to be a dynamic five-star plus to, to excel in this offense because I think – the scheme in itself will afford you opportunities to um, make some big plays. But defensively, it's where Alabama's going. I'm going to say it today, and I'm going to say it loudly. Defensively for Alabama is going to be a problem. Where they're going to miss Nick Saban's handprint is on the defensive side. And I, don't th- I think in this, it's going to be two things. I, I don't think they have the players, Jimmys and Joes, yet. And I may change my opinion if they're very aggressive in the, in the transfer portal and get some dudes. But as we look at this roster to date, nah, bro. I I, I wouldn't I would bet money on this defense. No way. So are they going to play in a shootout? Are they going to say, we're going to try to outscore people in the 40s to win games? Right now, if you look at this defense, I know they got some guys coming back, but they need more than that. So... Um, I'm a little bit concerned. So we'll talk more about that on the flip side. Plus, Caleb the boy we talked about is in Mobile, and he he spoke to the media, Christian, and we're going to play that. We'll hear from Caleb the boy down in Mobile, Alabama, at the recent Senior Bowl. Uh, that's coming up after this timeout. You listen to Mills Edge on the Tide, 100.9, Call 800-8000 or visit mezwins.com. I've got this. No representations made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. 
Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA Grant Number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this state. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. All the small things, true care, truth brings, I'll take one lift. And welcome back, and we are moshing. Is that the right word, moshing? Yeah, to punk counts. rock. Mosh pit, but yeah. yeah. Mosh a little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that song right there, Noah. Yes, it's, it's very popular. Da, 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 carry me home. Ba, da, da, sir. Da, 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 da. Ba, da, da, da. Carry me home. Right? So I've heard that song. That's very popular. Yeah, so you listen to it. No, 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 no. There's a difference between listening, bless you. Thank you. And and actually hearing the song. I've heard it before. I don't listen to it. So. I think he's actually a anyway. Yeah, he, I think he does. I mean, look, he listens to Hootie and the Blowfish. I mean, I, let her cry. They're they're like flirting between country and pop and alternative it's rock. Down they're like hybrid, rain. so it's close. Um, did you have, I, did you have that interview? I, do you want I to do. play some stuff out of that? Yeah, Kayla Nabor is down in Mobile and took pictures with Michael Penix Jr. Hopefully, he wouldn't say hello to the Bama boys as well. Um, but um, he had a chance to meet with the media, and uh, here's a little bit of. Head football coach, Kayla Nabor. You know, there's only one Coach Saban, and uh, there's there's different ways of doing it to be successful. Uh, we will, you know, want to uphold those uh, traditions and, and all those things that have made this place uh, special. But, uh, you know, everyone will have their own fingerprints on it when it comes to what we do offensively, defensively, and obviously myself as head coach. Have you had a chance to come up for air? I know you play the national title game a week after you take the Alabama job. Have you had a chance to kind of rest for a few moments no not at all that's okay you know uh that uh that means that there's a lot of people pulling me in a lot of different directions and it's been fun uh, getting to know our team um they're doing a great job on campus uh really kind of steady now in their workouts and um you know out on the road uh, just meeting a lot of new faces and enjoying it uh the, you know the alabama logo means a lot uh, down here in the, in the southeast and so uh, it's been really fun um you know here these last two weeks being out and about you might have two first your... round back picks at wide receiver what's your pitch recruiting pitch to those guys in that position that skill position knowing how much you've developed into the highest level yeah when you put it that way with two uh potential first round draft picks uh, i think it sells itself but you know you really dive into how we got to that point it's uh yes yeah, scheme and and all that, but it's a, a lot of development. And that's going to happen not just at the wide receiver position, but across the board in our football team. Can you get to see one of y'all? Between football and SEC football, and noticeable difference? Uh, I, yeah, I, mean, I think there there is. I mean, uh, you know, this uh, level of football here at the, in the SEC has been at a high, high uh, 
you know, championship level for, for a long time. And um, I think every part of the country has their own style. Um, you know, physicality is is what wins championships. And, um, you know, I think that's what our heart, that's, that's what a lot of what we do is going to be based on. But, um, you know, I think football is fo- also football no matter where you go. And uh, our stuff will also um, translate to wherever we've been. You know, and I've been in the Midwest and at other places in the country and, you know, just making the, the, the jaunt from the West Coast uh, to the Southeast. Um, I think all the things we do will translate over. How cool to see Mike Penix? He went through a lot before he got to you at Washington to see everything work out so well for him. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Uh, you know, just kind of in five minutes, uh, a snapshot of what he's gone through and what he's all worked for and, you know, realizing that dream right now and uh, really in the best place he's ever been, you know, when it comes to, you know, two to three years now of being healthy uh, and just continuing to develop and grow. Um, just all he's been through has prepared him mentally, you know, for this type of scenario to where, um, you know, the, the pressure is the pressure, but uh, he knows and has the confidence that he is going to be just fine if he just does what he's capable of each and every day. Coach, in the offseason when there's, it's hard for the coaching staff to spend as much time to the, with the players, how beneficial could it be for Jalen Milrow to be around a Brailsford, be around a Bernard, where they could just talk player to player about the offense? Yeah, you know, uh, from a staff standpoint, we're really looking forward to next week uh, to being around our guys and um, spending a lot of time with the team, you know, back on campus. But um, those that have have come uh, with us uh, from Washington, there's certainly an understanding of, you know, even the system, you know, and what what uh, you know what certain concept, concepts are called and how we teach them. Um, so hopefully, uh, back on campus, uh, they're picking up on those things. Uh, Jalen with you know Austin, and uh, as well as uh, you know having a center uh, like Parker there um, knows all the calls, and uh, we can we can hit the ground running here uh, next week when it comes to installing offense and defensive systems. All right, there you go. There is the head football coach of. The University of Alabama, Kalen DeBoer down in Mobile, uh, answered some questions from the media. Um, Christian, thoughts? I mean, we got we played about half of it, so it's about eight minutes long. But to kind of get a gist of, uh, you know, he's excited about next week and, you know, seeing players and meeting with players and that type of thing. Yeah, and, I mean, he said a lot of good stuff. I I respect him for acknowledging the, the SEC and the physicality and, the you know, the championship standard here in this league. Um, sound like he, he kind of he was very careful with that because he didn't want to be disrespectful to anybody back in the Pac-12. But look, look, the fact that he's willing to acknowledge that that shows that look, I mean, he's preparing himself uh, for a greater challenge. Again, I mean, he's been around the game. I think he he's uh, well versed enough to know that in the SEC it is a different league and there's going to be greater challenges. Um, but like I said, I mean, I, I think what he said makes a lot of sense. Bringing guys in from Washington can obviously help the guys here get up to speed with what they like to do. You talk about the center, you know, how, you know, um, you know, included the center is in terms of knowing the offense and getting guys on board. That'll be very beneficial. Having Parker uh, or Brailsford uh, come in from Washington, same thing with Austin Mack. Wouldn't be shocked if they have him helping Jalen Milrow out. Um, one thing, though, that I saw that I didn't, that he didn't, this wasn't from this. It was from another article, though, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, and I don't mean to segue away from that, but I just want to throw this out there too. I saw that I forgot, and I don't know who it was. It was a quote though that they basically were explaining the, the the Ryan Williams visit when he was here, and how they had Austin Mack very involved uh, in the process. And basically, they said Coach DeBoer sat both of them down, 
Ryan Williams, a wide receiver prospect, five-star prospect, who they got to recommit, and Austin Mack, quarterback, former Washington quarterback, who they got to be the transfer portal. They said they sat – Coach DeBoer sat them down and basically told them that they're going to be the future of this program and they're going to be the faces of the program uh, and that Austin Mack will be delivering a lot of you know passes and touchdowns to Ryan Williams for years to come after Jalen Milrow leaves. Really? Yeah, and I need to go back and find it so you actually can read it, but I, I thought it was interesting. Now, we all know coaches do this with recruiting, but I also know as a former player that if I'm a guy like Dylan Lonergan or, or Ty Simpson, a guy that's competing, and I know that Jalen Milrow is probably going to be the guy this year, but I know I have my sights set on me competing for that job once he leaves, Whoa. I might feel kind of... My I feel way. some kind of way. Yeah, and but but you but you know also know that coaches now Coach Saban didn't do that. Coach Saban didn't use that. He never used that tactic. He never. You can ask any recruit. He's never promised a position. He always promises the opportunity to compete for a position, but he never promised a position. So this was a little bit different for me reading this because we've never had that. And I just was curious your thoughts on that, knowing that if a player were to read that, you know, specifically a quarterback, that might kind of might throw you off a little bit wouldn't you agree yeah heck yeah when you said that i was like whoa because that's almost you're promising somebody something they didn't earn yet but we've seen this in recruiting a lot right yeah i think this is more about ryan williams i think it's more about hey we got this big six foot six rocket arm passer guy that transferred you know it's gonna be you and him you know, I, but I think it's all about the recruiter because the reality is, if Ty Simpson go out there and, and, and at another year and light up, Ty Simpson gonna be throwing the ball, right. right? And you have to also make it that. Listen, Ryan Williams, I love you, but you got to beat these other guys up. And you're right. What does that say to the other guys? And you just hand. Uh, listen, we just we just opening the president and said, here you go, you're the starter. I don't like any coach that promises that. Yeah, I don't, I don't either, but we, we know I, that that goes on a lot. Yeah, I know it does, and I hate it, and I think Nick Saban did it the right way. Listen, because when you tell a guy he's got a job, he ain't going to work his hard. Kind of like this money that they're giving, unfortunately. I think most guys get that money, they get that bag, and they run. Well, when you just tell a guy he's going to be the guy, does he really work hard? Well, I don't know. I don't I don't like that part of it. I, I, I need to read that and need to see it, but... I'll send if he's it. promising that kind of time, I, I need to, um, I got some pushback. All right, we had another break. Love to hear what you think. Coming up here on the Tide 100.9, AM WTVC. This is the Middle's Edge. Noah Rogers behind the glass now after whatever he was doing, taking a nap or, I don't know, whatever he was doing. We're shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 52. Mostly clear tonight, a light freeze with the low at 30. Look for a warming trend tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow, 60. The high Friday, 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. 
We're coming in hot. Final segment of the day here on a hump day edition of the Miller's Edge. We've kind of been doing a lot of great things. What's up, Chance Green? Says, what's up, Christian and Pops? Hope you're doing well. A lot of good people there on our YouTube chat. Um, Christian, you know, uh, Justin the Freelance. I don't know that. Yeah, I, I think they're just trying to just offer some some uh, advice or something. But um, yeah, no. I, I, did you get a chance to see what I what I sent? So I did. Yeah. So basically, uh, it was it was Ryan Williams, wide receiver coach. I guess you know they're talking with him about the visit, and he just basically said, and I quote: "They sat down with Austin Mack and Ryan together. They kind of told them once Jalen graduates that they would be the faces of the program. He told them that they could throw for a bunch of yards, and both of them decided to come there. So." Um, yeah, well, so, I mean, so, so I mean, they, maybe that's not necessarily a promise. I mean, you're just saying they'd be... No, that's a promise. Well, I and here's the reality. <laughs> Much that, this, this is what I'm going to be watching for. All these people out here talking about Miro. I mean, I saw how he handled the Julius Sane situation, which I didn't agree with, as we know. I don't know if Jalen Miro's job is secure. I don't. Hmm. I think if all, I mean, he, he, I mean, the coach ain't going to tell no lie. But the coach is going to tell him whatever was said. That's, that's what it is. You're talking about the wide receiver coach. Yeah. Yeah. So my point is, I don't think Jalen Miro's job is secure. I, you know, I think this guy really loves his Austin Mack dude. Oh, he, I mean, he definitely and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, they brought in Will Rogers to Washington, right, as a transfer guy. Oh, that's like a good Will point. Rogers from Mississippi State was on the sidelines doing the national championship game. Now, I don't understand that move if you feel so good about Austin Mack. True. Right? But they, they had Will Rogers there on the sidelines. Now, he... Got in the portal, but I think he's staying at Washington, I think the last yeah. I heard. Yeah, yeah, he stayed. Um, so I think Jed Fish talked him into staying. But so where is where is Kalen the board in all of this? Because does he like Emil Rowe? Is he gonna listen to the fan base? Which I think there's still a lot of people out there that's not they're not on my train with Mill Rowe. So I think more I, I listen to these types of comments and more I just, you know, lean my head in. I believe Jalen Milrow's job is not secure. Mm. And I think we may, this spring is going to tell us a whole lot that we don't know right now. Mm. And I'm looking forward to being down there a, a, a lot this spring. He may not let me on the field, but I'm trying to sneak. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You got, you got a, you got a clean slate, I guess, right? Because I mean, he, he, he <laughs> <laughs> you got a clean slate now, right? That's why. I no, said, he don't know me. He, that's he what I'm saying. You got, you got a clean, you got a clean slate. So in, last year, so you were being critical last year, staff. So it's a little bit different now. There's new staff, right? But I wasn't. Um, listen, I no, was no, just it wasn't that, the truth. that one video, that one video, but. Um, no, oh, the one that got two hundred some thousand views. Hey, I didn't say it's not about that though. I think it might have pressed. I mean, buttons. but it was because people agree with me. Yeah, and 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 you know, I'm not naming people, but there's a lot of people in the program that also agree. But you just it did just it was a little harsh in their eyes. All I'm saying is this: so I, I think you have a point now. 
with them bringing in Will Rogers, they still, obviously, I think they still like Austin Mack, but maybe not necessarily think he's ready just yet. Because, again, you got to remember, I don't know if you know this, but he reclassified. Mm-hmm. He's another one of those young guys. So, technically, last season while he was a freshman at Washington, he was supposed to be a senior in high school, if I'm getting that correct. So, he still is young. So, technically, this upcoming year would be what is, what is supposed to be his actual freshman year. But instead, it's his redshirt freshman year because he came a year early. All right, boom. I, I do believe that they have a lot of faith in Milrow just off of what they've seen from him on film, right? I'm sure they've gotten to know him. Milrow is an extremely likable guy. I'm sure they, they you know, respect him. They're excited to get to work with him. I wouldn't say his job isn't, isn't secure. I will say, though, that I, I would not be shocked if, and like you said, they're not going to fight out to say that, but they're going to be keeping their eyes open, especially during these practices, right? And, and, this is why I think mm-hmm. that they brought in a guy like Will Rogers, right? Will Rogers and, and Jalen Milrow aren't even remotely close, right? Even Penix and, and, and Milrow, they're not, they're not very similar. And we talked about this last week. If we're, just, if we're calling a spade a spade, he's not necessarily the best fit for this game and vice versa, right? I wouldn't are they going to change, change everything which he said himself? That, right. Not my words, but Kalen Abort words that, hey, I make my system fit the, the skill set, the talent of my quarterback. Right. That's he, what he said. He he did say that. However, you're talking about his offense is is kind of been his his bread and butter now. This offense is 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 what's got him this Alabama job. It's what what's provided him this success. Because again, if you go back and look, the defenses, you know, Washington, whatever, it's not like those were, you know, he's an offensive guy. That would be like asking like Kirby Smart to change his whole defense based off of Roll Tide. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> like, hey, I almost said I know we got to get out of here, but Roll Tide better watch his back. That's all I'm telling. He better get. Listen, Austin Mack. Austin Mack is that guy. I saw him throwing the other day too. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was walking through the uh, complex and he was in there throwing. And at night, it was uh, I left the basketball game, I think, and he was in there throwing in the indoor. So. <laughs> That dude's in here working. He got a rock. <laughs> Move on. your phone, man. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Golly. He did have wow. a big arm, though. I only saw him throw a couple passes. One, 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 one was a little off. The other one was uh, a pretty accurate right, football. Man. But Don't be like Joseph. Joseph in the Bible, his brother's boy, he told him about the dream. One day, I'm going to be over y'all. The next thing you know, that dude was sold into slavery. <laughs> Austin Mack might be the dream stealer. Let me just say, roll tide. Well, got a dream. Well, don't forget about a guy like Ty Simpson either. I mean, he, he's going to have another year to develop. I, mm. I'm not saying this is some open quarterback battle. It's obviously Jalen Milrow's job to lose. No, no, he's it's the guy. Jalen Milrow is. The, We're going to really, talk about this tomorrow. So. Wow. We, we got to pick this up tomorrow. It's going to be a quarterback too. battle. That's impressive. Yes. Wow. Roll tide. I'm about Jalen Milrow. And I'm a, I'm daggone on preach from the top of the hills. That why he should be the starter. But if I'm being honest, Kalen DeBoer might clip him. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. For Christian Miller for Noah Rogers. I'm Corey Miller, the passer painter. Listen to the Miller's Edge right here on the tide. 1.9, 1230 AMW TBC. Coming up next, Ryan Fowler. Get yourself in the game. Peace. <laughs>